Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Good to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Haven't seen you in a while. I know. Well, I'm glad we're, I mean, yeah, probably been before COVID. So, <laughs> yeah, long, long time. It's like crazy to think that, uh, yeah, it's been like four years. <laughs> so, Up Down, big hit for Morgan Wallen. Yeah. And so, tell me, how did that song come about? How, how did you come up with the idea? Who'd you write it with? I wrote that song with Michael Hardy, the artist Hardy, another buddy, Brad Clausen, and... Um, Hardy and I had like a weekly for a couple years and he actually played, um, in my band on the road for a couple years during that kind of time too. And one day Hardy was like, Hey, I got this friend, Brad Clausen, you know, want him to hop in on this ride. We didn't have another third. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'd never met him before. So it was the first time we met and, uh, we just went over to Hardy's apartment. I think he had that. We live it up down here kind of idea. You know, I think he might've had the whole, maybe trying to figure out how to play on the whole up and down thing. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's super cool. And I feel like we wrote that first verse and chorus pretty decently fast. And we had to call it. Didn't have a second verse. And Meaning you had to come back another day. We had to come back another day, yeah. And to be, what's funny is that Brad kept going, guys, there's something to this song. We need to finish it. And we were just always busy and like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But we need, like, I don't know, you know. And we just kept kicking. It was about a year before he wrote a second verse and I don't think it, it it wasn't the final one, but it was like, what about something like this? You know what I mean? Right. And then kind of via like text and email, we like between the three of us kind of pieced together a second verse. Yeah. And then at the top of 2017, Hardy played, Brad did too. I think they both played the QS Songwriter Festival. Seth England, I think was at both of their shows, if I've heard correctly. And I think they both played that song because Hardy was actually just really starting to like think about putting out his own music seth comes up to him after you know he sends it to joey they talk you know joey's the producer joey's the producer so joey moy you know i'm getting all this info from hardy so hardy like during key west he was like hey dude seth just came up and was like i love up down you mind sending me the demo like we got this artist morgan wallen might be interested so it was like okay this was like may and you're like, who is Morgan? Which I, I, which I, I, I was pretty familiar because okay. I loved that the way I talk song. But he only had like a five or six song EP out at that time, and it was still a pretty relative unknown. Right. But I was like, man, that guy's got a great voice. Like, 
you know, I had one or two cuts at this point, but, you know, still, you know, like, thrilled to have anybody cut one of my songs. I mean, I guess I still am. But May, that happened. June, Hardy calls, and he goes, hey, dude, I just heard that they officially cut it. I was like, no way. July, he calls me, he goes, um, this is crazy, dude, but FGL's going to do the feature on it. And I was like, whoa, like, that's big. I mean, they're, you know, big. They were the biggest thing in the world at that time. And then August, Hardy calls me, he goes, hey, dude, great news. It's going to officially be the first single from his next record. And then, yeah, that next summer, 2018, was when it went number one. But it was funny, like, I was promoting songs to secondary radio during that time. For yourself. For myself. And... It was funny, you know, I'd obviously be able to talk about that song. And it was it was, it was just crazy how, like, most of the radio people were like, oh, yeah, you got that new Florida Georgia Line single. Like, e- even a lot of the fans were, like, had no clue who Morgan was at that time. It, it, it really wasn't until, I think, Whiskey Glasses was a hit where everyone was like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. And he's the up-down guy. He's, you know, so um, it was crazy to be a part of that and, you know, get to be a part of that ride. And, you know, the label was really nice and you know, took us to a freaking dinner at the Palm and, and did a bunch of cool stuff. And a bunch of the radio promo team got, like, up-down tattoos because I think it was the label's first number one. Oh, wow. I think it was Big Loud's. If I believe so, maybe... I, I can't remember if Chris Lane had had a number one before that and not. I can't remember. I'm not 100%. But, like, a bunch of people... I ended up, like, Hardy got the tattoo. <laughs> me, and Morgan, <laughs> me and Morgan were, like, the only two who were, like, we don't have tattoos. Not sure if this is going to be our first one. So I was, like, if Morgan gets it, I'll get it. And Morgan was, like, mm, I don't know. Not sure if I really want, like, a little up-down arrow to be my first tattoo. So we, I still don't know if he has any But tattoos. you know how many... Because I experienced this with my first uh, hit, Beautiful Mess. Yeah. Like, people, when I play it at a writer's night somewhere... Somebody will come up and they'll be like, oh, I got this tattoo. It says beautiful mess because of the song. Yeah, like, dude. So you'll probably spawn a lot of tattoos. I'm sure there's there. a lot of people that have We Live It Up Down Here <laughs> tattoos. Like, you never know. Like, dude, you know, and, and that song has been crazy because it was so simple. And, like, the chorus is so easy. Like, the amount of people that sent me videos or I saw on TikTok of, like, parents showing their, like, ver- barely verbal young children singing along to the song. I think that's one of the funny things about that is people are always like, you know, when we're talking about songwriting, like you got to keep it, you know, what is it? Keep it simple, stupid, like keep it like simple, but like, you know, it, so it's, it's that fine line between so simple that no one cares and like, you know, so crafted enough, but still easily consumable. And I think we just got really lucky that day of doing a song that was really catchy with a fun, just a fun message. I feel like there was a lot of, Bro Country, like, Bro Country was almost, it was coming out of Bro Country into, like, as I call it, the boyfriend country area where there was a lot of, like, Thomas Rhett, Die a Happy Man's, a lot of those, like, there wasn't a lot of party songs on the radio at that time. And I think, you know, that song kind of, like, ramping up from, like, the beginning of the year into the summer and kind of being, like, the party song of that 2018 summer just kind of stuck out to people of being, like, a little bro country, but not really. Like it was just a fun up tempo. Yeah, I mean, I think we just kind of hit all the all, all the things on that on the head there, and it was freaking crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. So you were talking about you know singing, having songs that you can sing along to, and I think what you hit on what that song does is yeah, you want a simple song, but it has to be interesting. 
And that's the hardest song to write. Anyone can write simple. Anyone yes. can write complex, you know. But when you have to split those hairs where it's easy enough to remember, but it's yeah. also interesting, so you keep wanting to hear it over and over. Yeah, and I think I think part of that is melody, you know. I mean, I guess a simple lyric with an unbelievable melody, I think, can go a lot farther than a great lyric with a really bad melody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, country is just trying to thread that needle between, like, catchy melodies and, and lyrics um, that mean something to people and, and and whether you know as shallow as like i want to say the lyrics shallow but in the sense that like it's kind of a party song but it kind of you know we try to touch on a couple of different things and wrapping up the whole up and down you know it was just slightly different yeah. you know i think it was just unique enough and just catchy enough and and i love playing the song i play it at every one i usually close most of my shows with it um cuz it's fun i actually do like a little freebird medley with it too where i play a little cuz oh, like wow. cuz when we were like, when, when we were talking about like doing when we were talking when we were writing the song and we were like man like riding up and riding down the road and like having your head bobbing to some music we were like that is a thing you know that's something going up down we we're like what is like a song that would be cool and i'm like well freebird and then we were like at what point does the music start bumping? It's literally right at five minutes that the yeah. music starts going up. And I'm like, dude, free word, five minutes deep. I'm like, that's freaking <laughs> cool as crap. So, and I, you know, being a, 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 the Ronnie Van Zant kind of style hat that I always wear, um, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's cool, you know, kind of got that Southern rock kind of stamp on that song, which is, you know, one of my, my, you know, all my biggest influences are kind of that Southern rock kind of thing. So. We, we tell our Songtown members all the time that most of our listeners are aspiring songwriters and artists. And we tell them all the time, you're not going to start out in the music business. You're not going to go write a song with Brad Paisley and have a Brad Paisley hit. Or you're not going to now go write with Morgan Wallen and have a hit. You, you're going to do it like you did. You're going to write with the crew around you and you're going to come up together. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way it always happens. And that seems to be even when I talk to guys like you who've had a ton of hits over over a long period of time, like that's that's the way. And yeah, I, I get hit up by, you know, aspiring songwriters a lot. And they're like, can you send my song to Morgan Wallen? I'm like, dude, I can barely send my own songs. He's on top of the world. You know, it's it's very hard to get to those people. And there's a lot of, um, you know, handlers that you got to get through or whatever. And I even have a relationship with most of the people at that label. And I, I, you know, and I send them songs of mine, but like, I have to be very choosy. It's got to be a song that I think is an absolute smash. I don't want to send anything that's not like, you know, an amazing song right. to those people. Cause you don't want that, you know, you send them one less than stellar song and all of a sudden they're like, Ooh, what is this guy thinking? You know, yeah. and then all of a sudden that, you know, so, you know, your re reputation and, you know, and, and I remember when I first came to town, I was very fortunate to have had a, a couple publisher meetings really before I was ready. And I remember them going, yeah, man, like there's something to like, we can tell you're talented, but like the songs just aren't there. Right. And they were just like, we'll keep sending us stuff. You know what I mean? And then like, they never responded ever again. And it wasn't until I got a publishing deal that all of those publishers came back out of the woodworks and went, I knew you were going to get a puppy one day. I'm like, yeah, but you never. And, and I, you know, and I was very lucky to have just gotten into that meeting the first time. But yeah, those people, their first impression was not right. stellar songs. So, and I always tell people, I'm like, man, I'm just really weary of getting into those meetings because it's, it's so hard to ever get those people to 
you know, first impressions are everything. First so, impression. um, and I got very lucky, um, finally getting it, you know, getting an internship at Seagale yeah. the whole last year leading up until this, see, uh, this internship, I like made a point to write every day. And that was like the first time in my life where I wasn't like, so how was that when you yeah. were writing every day? I know for me, when if I got a pub deal at EMI years ago, and all of a sudden, I was expected to write every day. I think I wrote like 30 songs my first year. I was not equipped to write really? every day. Like, Well, I just, I, so feel, like I, heard, for well, I feel like I had heard from, from guys like you. I, I had a mentor, Jim McCormick, yeah. uh, early on, um, who I just met in passing. He's from New Orleans. I'm from Baton Rouge. So we kind of just hit it off over Louisiana stuff. And we didn't write for for years we just got coffee and he would and it's funny like it, it it makes me laugh looking back now because i feel like we'd get together and he'd be like oh you really need to focus on this and then like the next six months it was like the complete opposite advice you know what i mean because he was just he's hearing what you know and knowing i want to be an artist right. so he'd be like oh you gotta hit the road no don't focus on the road focus you know what i mean but i remember one time he was like dude you just you gotta write every day and what i mean like something get as many co-writes as you can right. um because he goes you're just gonna get better and he was like i can tell that there are and this really stuck with me. He's like, I can tell you know what a good song is, but I can tell that you're not executing perfectly commercial songs just yet. But he goes, but yeah. I feel like you're, you know, 50 to 80% there. Like there's pieces of lyrics that are great. There are pieces of melodies, but they're just not hitting on all, you know, they're, all the pieces aren't coming together. Yeah. And he goes, and I feel like if you, the more you write, it's going to do this. It's going to come together. And and I, and he was right. My last, um, yeah, like that last full year of me being at Belmont, I just went, all right, I'm going to write every single day. So that, I, I don't know, but I, I just went from, I, I, I could tell my songs made just a huge improvement um, during that year. And towards the end of that year was when I really wrote most of the songs that I got my, all my pub deal off of. Um, so I kind of ramped up into that. And it was kind of crazy, like my last semester, um, I started that internship in January, like a week or two in, um, Mike Owens, who was the VP at the time was like, if you got songs, like we'll listen. And I was like, dude, I got seven demos right here. Like this is my <laughs> best stuff I got. And he was like, well, come into my office. Like I'll listen one, maybe two puts the CD on. He ends up listening to the whole thing. And he's turned around, like looking at his speakers, you know, like doing the whole yeah. music business style, like, and just like. You know, like so after his that, back's to you. His back's to me, listening. and he's yeah. looking at his speakers at his wall, and I can tell he's kind of just doing this. And then, like, he'd pause it after that, and he'd go, "Who you write that with?" And I was like, "My roommate, or my roommate, and another friend that doesn't have a pub deal." And I might have had one at that point that I had written, like with Jim McCormick at the end of the CD, yeah. just to say I knew a published writer, you know. Um, and um, he gets to the end, and he turns around, and he goes. I'm not going to lie, dude. I really was expecting this CD to be awful because most of our interns' music is terrible. <laughs> but he was like, I'm blown away. Do you mind if I show some of the other writers and maybe, you know, Chris or some of the other people around here and just see what they think to make sure I'm not crazy? And I was like, dude, so can I keep the CD? I was like, I'll give you 20 more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and for those of you that don't know, Mike Owen, he was – Known as a song guy. He was a song guy. So yeah. for you to impress him, he really had to hear something good. Because, like you said, he wasn't expecting to hear anything totally. good. And he usually doesn't. So No, yeah. exactly. And, and, it re and it really said a lot. And I was singing all the demos, which I think helped just from, like, 
them seeing a little artist potential at the time. Um, when they first signed me, they were like, hey, we're not doing any artist stuff. Like, this is just a straight pub deal, right. you know, intro pub deal draw. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a straight pub deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, he showed, so that was like a Tuesday. It was just like the second but week. See, that, I think that's good because like my first deal, they signed me as an artist. Oh, really? And so they never pitched my songs because, you know, that I wasn't, I wasn't a writer to them. And so they signed you as a writer, and I think that was probably it helped a me a lot. Yeah, because yeah. I and and they were like, I mean, they just pitched everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I told them, I said, even if I do want to end up cutting a record at some point, the best way to get A and R people to be a fan of you is through being a writer. And then you know, Sam Hunt, uh, right. even Luke Bryan writing good directions for Billy Currington, yeah. like kind of helped. So yeah, I think that was just more of the path. Um, Eric Pasley, you know what Eric, I mean? There was yeah. a ton of guys that. They wrote a couple hits for other people. It helped get them A&R fans who gave them a record deal, gave them a shot. Uh, Eric, um, I co-wrote his first cut when he came to town. We got a Donnie and Marie cut. Dude, that's so <laughs> awesome. That's so epic. I love that. Which is just, I, I mean, that's bucket list kind of that. stuff, dude. That's cool. It's cool. It's funny to laugh about it, but it's legendary. Um, yeah. Can you play us one of your songs that you're, you're hot on now? Yeah, let me see. Um... You know what? I'm going to do a song. I put this one out a couple years ago, but... Um... The ice in this glass Seems to melt way too fast These nights Yeah, the buzz never lasts And I'm still chasing what I had But can't find Cause you know when it's good And you know when it's cheap But I'll take what I can get When I can't get what I need Darling, loving you is like dream The rest ain't strong enough Try to move on But every last calling hits me Everything but you Is watered down whiskey All right, all right Hey, it was great Thank having you. you here today. Thanks for having me on. Dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, let's get together. <laughs> okay, cheers, y'all.